You're listening to the Fortnite Podcast. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. I'm your host, Monster D-Face, and of course, our co-host today with us is Life with Panda. Panda, what's up, my brother? Hey, what's going on, Monster? Another beautiful week and another week of Fortnite drama. We are. We are going to jump right into it. Before we get there, though, we, of course, want to thank all of our listeners. Appreciate you guys tuning in, man. Every single day, we're getting one step closer to another big milestone. I'll look into uh, digging into my friend's pool list, see who we can get. <laughs> but yeah, if you're listening from Spotify, uh, the podcast options on Apple, of course, and just anywhere else, we appreciate you guys. Thanks for coming into another episode of the Fortnite podcast, of course. I want to start this week off with you guys, the listeners at home, by filling you guys in. Something big is going down. Something huge is stirring within the Fortnite community, and it's not just drama. It's some positive light, too. It's things like Cloud9 and other organizations expressing interest in the Fortnite community. Let's talk about that, man. Cloud9 enters into Fortnite here life, and they pick up a nice roster. Yeah, this is huge. The more eyes and the more people that dive into this competitive scene and to, into the game in general will allow us to continue to grow. We talk about, oh, like the hashtags are for, like the old hashtags, Fortnite dying, etc. We know that's not the case from a player based standpoint. But the more that these teams commit to the game of Fortnite, the more we're going to see this grow. So C9 and Cloud9 just really coming in, um, acquiring these players. This is really good for all of us in the community. And it's one of the many teams here. So they picked up Vivid, Nosh, Avery, and Frist. Vivid definitely being the most decorated, the star player. I'd say Nosh and Avery, uh, second to that as well, just all around, absolutely amazing players. And Frist on the up and coming, just a great player yeah. showing up in the in the Fortnite space on a competitive level. And just talking about, you know, org stepping up and people doing stuff. You know, you have teams like Navi jumping in from the EU scene, doing great things and signing players over there. So yeah, all of a sudden we're seeing like the second wind of organizations starting to do stuff within the Fortnite space. And that brings me to give a shout out to Enterprise Gaming as well, because they just hosted a $15,000 tournament wow. for the NA East community, for the NA community. And they teamed up with the practice server to do it. You guys may know, or you may not know, that I'm actually in charge of majority of what we do with the open scrims and practice server. So I did end up producing this event and, you know, helping to deliver this for or on behalf of the NA community, which is freaking awesome. So orgs are coming in. All of a sudden, they're putting money towards whether it be investing in players or building up that brand awareness. I just wanted to, you know, crack this hypothetical question out there. Do you think Epic has done something? Maybe there's some conversations in the background that all of a sudden you're seeing these people, um, you know, looking to put the, the dollar where the mouth is, right? They're coming out and they're kind of showing up. Well, I, so I definitely think there is maybe some conversation in the background going on. I saw a tweet recently from OA stating, hey, we get that your prize pool is a little low this season. Let us throw some money on top of it. And, and you see all these these orgs stepping up and, and and committing big money to these types of tournaments. And these are all community tournaments. These are all for you all, the community. So it's really cool to see these organizations step up in this way, not only in the player base, but in this, this production level, adding these tournaments and more events for our community. Because our community is massive. And just seeing these organizations step up and say, hey, I want to do something for you all, I think is awesome. Absolutely. It's a big deal. It's a big step in the right direction. 
And it's helping set the foundation for what will be the future of Fortnite competitive because we know the prize pools are going down like you mentioned. And we're going to be talking about that today because I had some heated words and I started, uh, you know, I, I went against the river <laughs> current this weekend with uh, challenging the Fortnite, <laughs> I guess, the greater perception of what is the prize pools and stuff. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to set the record straight and do that a little yeah. later, but... I want to talk about a different drama before we get to prize pool drama and my personal take on it. I want to talk about these fights that are going down around the Fortnite world. We got a taste of it behind the Enterprise Gaming tournament, the 15K tournament for the community, because what happened there was that we had Bizzle versus Zate go down. And we also had Sentinel's Booga, Luminosity Gaming's Jamper, Cloud9's Avery versus NRG, Edgy, Liquid Scented, and TSM Commandment at Stark Industry. Two major POIs, some of the best loot you can find in the Fortnite world, clashing with some huge names, huge trios, right? And this is yeah. this all just led into this crazy conversation of what happens when two big trios, two huge profiles go toe-to-toe -to -toe in a draw spot, and it goes beyond the game, beyond the Fortnite world, beyond the tournament that they're invested in. Like, we saw this seriously just unfold before our eyes on social media life. Yeah, no doubt. So, it's crazy. Like, I even saw a, a separate message from somebody that wasn't even a part of this drop. Kanata tweeting out saying, hey, why is Booga not banned for quote-unquote feeding edgy, scented, and commandment? I mean, what an engagement at Stark. And you know these major names... When you look at Booga, when you look at Edgy, when you look at Jamper, Avery, Commandment, Scented, like you know this is going to be a serious, serious competition for a drop spot. So it's really interesting to see them go up against each other. Uh, but it does look like Edgy, Scented, and Commandment did walk away with a little bit of a lead from that drop spot. I don't know about you and what you thought, but I feel like they definitely did dominate a little bit more than Booga, uh, Jamper, and Avery. But... Stark is one of those drop spots that, at the end of the day, it is worth fighting for. So I'm excited to see how these trio tournaments unfold with these teams and see who really comes out on top at the end of the day. See, but the problem here is that you have a trio that is losing the drop spot, right, most of the times, and they're continuing to do so, essentially leading towards what would be griefing the chances of both teams there now. What you saw from Booga Jamper and Avery is honestly quite sad, right? You have a team that is one of the highest calibers, one of the most decorated yeah. uh, squads, champion players, which is Avery. He is the, you know, he holds a belt for performing on the FNCS Grand Stage. He's won some serious money. It's not just Booga here. It's not just Jamper who's got, you know, the skills. It's collectively, they're all individually great players. And when they're losing draw spots like this, they're just essentially griefing out the players that are there. And that's how Zate feels. That is what Zayt expressed over the weekend, over the course of these shows. And that's what I meant by it transcended bigger than just being within the tournament ecosystem. It took to real yeah. life. It took to Twitter. It took to social media. And there's a true beef going on between Bizzle and Zayt now. Yeah, you know, this beef is really interesting because we've been talking about, or we've been seeing it develop for weeks, right? And everybody's like, is this real? Is this not real? This has to be fake. no. Bizzle and Zate, this is real beef. Zate has come out and confirmed that this is real beef. Bizzle going as far as calling Zate a dictator, accusing Zate of cheating him out of real practice and elite scrims and so much more. It's wild. Hold on. I actually have the exact tweet here from Bizzle. 
and it says, since Zate owns and dictates elite scrims, we don't get code early anymore. So we brick three to four games a night now, and there's nothing I can do about it. Meanwhile, management of the cord gets leaked codes. So that was the tweet from Bizzle. I mean, and that's a strong accusation, especially because, Monster, aren't you a part of this this cord? I know that, that Zay does lead uh, like the player base and, and managing the scrims, but would you say that he's leaking these codes to anybody? No, see, and that's where that's where things went like got really heated between the two, and it started to elevate on a more personal level because Bizzle started, ex you know, just like showing off messaging from between the two and just arguments, and you know, it, it all just became real nasty on social media. And let me explain to you guys for those y'all that listen in, what is the least scrims? You might be wondering, like, how does this all even work? Essentially, there is an upper tier of the best, of the best players that practice on a nightly basis, and Bizzle's a. a big part of that right he's been competing mm -hmm. since the earliest days and he's been a part of that competitive ecosystem that roster that is what is called the elite scrim so for biz to claim that he's getting cheated out of practice is huge because zay also fires back saying hey you're cheating me out of placement you're cheating me out of experience and my reputation when we're playing in these big tournaments and you're landing on us for no good reason and the problem is is that Bizzle is paired up with Mega and Dubs. So now all of a sudden, his entire trio is under scrutiny here. And yeah. just from Zayt's, uh, you know, perspective and what he shared, he says, listen, I've talked to this entire trio. They don't even want to be here. It's it's Bizzle's ego. That, that's where Zayt's coming from. So this is, this is something that's been going on for a while. And it seems like they've had problems, not just in this drop spot, but in Fortnite as a whole, right? As two of the top tier competitors that obviously have rivalry between one another and now we're watching that we're watching this whole entire thing bubble up and lead into yeah. the real fncs and that was just from two tournaments right the warm-ups and then the enterprise gaming event which was all done in the same weekend so a lot of battling going back and forth between the two <laughs> you're not wrong and i mean you we even saw messages or conversations uh from zate talking about how dubs reached out to them and said hey listen like Mega and Bizzle, they're just refusing to really step down, but it is more Bizzle that they don't want to lose Doom's Domain. And Zayt even talked about his commitment to finding a drop right in the beginning of the season, and he really spoke to why he didn't want to give up the drop. And I get that. I understand from Zayt's perspective. He's never backed down from a drop. I mean, look at last season, right, with Tif the Tifu versus Zayt drama. It's the same thing. Tifu was losing the drop. They didn't want to. They didn't want to give it up. So it came down to griefing. Same thing. Like we're talking now. Bizzle doesn't want to give up the drop. Zayt doesn't want to give up the drop. How is it looking? Well, it looks like it's just going to result in neither of them doing exceptionally well in this in this tournament. And it's unfortunate because these are both top tier players. And when you look at these trios, the trio of Dubs, Mega. And Bizzle, that is an incredible trio. Yeah. And same thing with Zayt's team. I mean, the the caliber of player here is is similar to like we were talking about with the Booga, Jamper, Avery, and Edgy, Scented, and Commandment. These are great players pinned up against each other and not wanting to give up um, their egos and put their egos aside for a second and say, hey, listen, I'll find another drop spot. No, they're saying, hey, look, I think I'm the best player in the world, and it doesn't matter who you are, I'm going to go up against you, and I'm going to win. Well, and here's the real problem, though. You know, Zay, Saf, and Stretch here, they're not, you know, they're not, Um, how do I say this? They're 
not looking to necessarily battle every time you take a draw spot. They are veterans. No. They understand that, hey, you can split a draw spot. You can be passive towards one another. But it's that the other team they're going against has been really egging on the issue here, right? And that's where things are getting really heated because it's not just about landing at the best drop or, you know what I mean? It's about what you do while you're there because there's plenty yeah. of loot to go around. So for the team that's landing there, that's contesting them, this goes to anyone. If you're pressing the envelope, pushing the issue, and you're not necessarily winning majority of the times over the other team, you are quite literally hurting both of your odds um, and chances at the overall tournament. And here's another thing that Zayt said, and not to be hypocritical towards Zayt because he could come off as that in this instance, he has outright yeah. said, if you're not landing at Doom's Domain or Stark, like you're not playing for first place. You know what I mean? So are you yeah. even trying to take home the championship belt if you're not taking one of those drop spots? But then when someone does it, he's going to go up in arms against them. So is it a mind game? Like, what is it? He did this with Caddy's Corner in the previous season. So yeah. Zayt's always included in these kind of, um, you know, fights and feuds for drop spots because... He is one that plays for the win. He plays for the best drops. He's going to take advantage of the Fortnite ecosystem and the way the game kind of works out. Yeah, and I mean, he even put out on a tweet uh, that he's like, look, I acknowledge that Doom's domain isn't even as good as it was in the beginning of the season when he yeah. first scouted the drop. But he's committed so much time to the drop, understanding rotation, and him and his team have put in the effort to make sure that they are committed. And... They just feel like, you know what? If if I'm gonna if I'm gonna take this drop and we're gonna split a drop, fine. But Bizzle comes in and he says, you know what? No, we're not just gonna split a drop. I'm gonna win the drop. Because again, in this Fortnite space, we've learned there are a lot of egos. And it looks like those egos may end up griefing two big, big trios in this in this F upcoming FNCS season. We'll see. We'll see where the egos take them. And I'm sure this conversation we'll revisit as next week or two weeks from now, pretty much. The FNCS has been nuts. So the games are coming back and the real competition begins. The money's going to be on the line. Yeah. But talking about drama, talking about egos, talking about just all of this world of trouble that's been hitting the airwaves, we have a big one. And this is a question I've been getting all week long. I'm almost done answering it. And this is probably going to be the <laughs> last few times I'm going to address it. And I'll let you go first with this one, Life with Panda, but Bala TW is not on the FNCS broadcast coming up next week or within the next few weeks. Who knows for the foreseeable future? There was a clashing, I'm guessing, uh, of agendas or heads between Epic and Bala resulting with Bala TW announcing that it is sad for him to have to say it, but he won't be a part of this next and upcoming FNCS. I want to take your look on this. I want your perspective. What do you think about this way that he came out about it? What do you think about the community's response? But let's start with, how do you feel about all this? You know, when I saw that tweet come out, it, I think it hit me like it hit everybody else. Knowing that one of these major players in the casting space that we see every single broadcast will not be a part of this next season. And you look and you're like, obviously you can end up speculating why. You see the jokes, you see the comments. Oh, yep, they, they cut their prize pool and now they can't afford Bala, so they cut him too. Like, you see all the, the stuff on Twitter. But I, I, you know what? At the same time, uh, I'm excited to see what Bala can do in the interim. Like he put in his tweet when he announced that he was not going to be a part of the, the next FNCS season. He said, you know what? He's going to focus more on his content. And, and I, don't, I don't blame him. 
I'm excited to see some content coming from him. But it, I think it definitely uh, was a blow to the community, and no one uh, was expecting to hear that Ball at CW would not be a part of the next casting uh, of FNCS. So yeah. we'll we'll see how that spins after this season. But it's gonna be uh, gonna be weird looking at uh, this this FNCS broadcast and not see that face. I agree. It's definitely a change in the landscape here, and and possibly a new future, right, for what would be the talent involved, myself included. Um, what do you think about the way the community was up in arms and the way they responded to this? I, uh, you know, it's it's hard to tell the exact reasons behind a decision like that. And naturally, the community is going to go every angle they can possibly imagine, and then some. And the the community response, I think was very positive towards Bala, but very negative towards Epic. But at the end of the day, we just don't know what happened. What what disagreements or whatever whatever the case may be that took place behind the scenes, we you know what? We just we don't know. So I don't want to be quick to judge anybody or quick to jump on anybody uh for this decision. I just ultimately think it's sad to see that this decision came to this. 100% and from my perspective and my take it's it's the same I share the same sentiment um I was definitely devastated you get that heart sinking feeling that gut-wrenching feeling when it's one of your friends that you have quite literally um you know just helped grow this scene with right has you know hit this level of maturity within the Fortnite community and, and you know we're one of the pillars right one of the pillars of someone who's constructive and hypercritical of, of all of Epic's decisions and stands for what he believes in um, so yeah, it definitely sucks not having such a powerful voice on the team on the roster anymore. As for why, Bala did not say why, right? He just said uh, what he had to say was being that he won't be involved. And I think the problem, my biggest issue with this whole thing, um, you know, personal feelings aside, of course, feeling sad about what just happened, losing one of our, you know, strongest assets, honestly, as a, as a caster, as a community figure, as a friend yeah. um, that's going to be working alongside as a peer. Um, my biggest issue is that is the community spinning their own agendas there are tons of people coming up with their own excuses their own reasons as to why this all happened all this speculation and they're spreading this the clickbait channels are doing it the uh the pro players are doing it everyone's blaming this whole thing on bala's constructive uh thesis piece that he wrote on what yeah. solos competitive can be like and why he believes that they weren't you know the greatest form of display for competitive right and why he thinks we should move on to team-based game modes it was a great great piece with a lot of awesome points um a lot yeah. of which we probably agree with or disagree with but that's what people are blaming it on right it's between that and then a whole bunch of other things but the problem is we don't know epic's never said hey this is why we didn't work with them epic has never said this is going to be the last time we work with them ball didn't yeah. say that either right there's a lot of room here to work with and this brings me to my next topic on this one here too is that Bala is rightfully taking his um, content and putting it into his own pocket now, right? Finally, now he feels the urge to need to do it. But this lends me to say to everyone out there, do not put all of your marbles in one basket. This is an easy situation where someone like Bala is blessed enough to be able to bounce back from a situation of not having access to the hand that feeds this time around, which is Epic Games, you know, broadcast, right? And everything that comes from being on the main stage, but this is why you got to build your personal brand. He's lucky enough yeah. to have a massive following and people that love him and want to support his content moving forward because if it was someone else, I think this would have been a blow that no one would have been able to withstand or bounce back from. So it's just kind of like, um, 
I feel like a, an opening moment or maybe an aha moment for a, a, for me and everyone out there saying like, hey, listen, no one's safe. You never know what's going to happen. But more importantly, you know, focus on your content. You got to build your brand and make sure your foundation is sturdy. Don't just rely on one source. Yeah. And and like you said, the, the community really did spin their narratives. But at the end of the day, I think this will only benefit Bala. I think what he's going to be able to do in the off time, because again, this isn't saying that he's not going to be a part of broadcast forever. I agree. This is just this season. So there's, there's a chance that he could come back next season. And, and, and to speak a little bit on the narratives, like we have no clue if it has to do with his take on solos or anything like that. So we can't like sit back as a community and instantly jump on the epic hate bandwagon either. We need to take a step back and say, you know what? People have differences in in the business world, right? I've I've had many exchanges where I've gone to a job interview and it seems perfect, but we have we have disagreements on some major points uh, that ultimately affect the job overall. And I say, you know what? I don't think this is for me. Even though everything else seemed perfect, if I'm not aligned in those certain ways with the other with the other group it's not beneficial to me and it's not beneficial to them because i'll never be fully committed so at the end of the day i'm excited to see what bala does with his content uh but let's not jump to conclusions until we know for a fact because the same thing happened with the dr disrespect situation when he was banned on twitch right the first thing everybody coming out oh hey listen this is why he was banned x y and z is why he was banned blah 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 but Again, to this day, we still don't know why he was genuinely removed from the platform. So it, it, it kind of feeds into this, not necessarily to the extent, of course, as the doctor disrespect situation, but still, it's just another example of the community jumping up in arms without knowing what they're up in arms about. Yeah, and I mean, while this plays a, a benefit in, I think, the short term for Bala, it can hurt him in the long term, right? The, the community response can genuinely add more gasoline to the fuel that is you know whatever was created between epic and bala potentially here right and i'm talking of course yeah. hypothetically and you know not with any concrete uh proof or you know know-how of, of what's you know actually going on behind the scenes obviously i'm a lot closer to this to this situation and others because you know i am official an official talent right for the upcoming fncs and just events in general and epics is always taking care of me and yes we've also had differences would it be in rate for the show, right? Like, for example, World Cup came around, and this is a clear moment where I'm like, yo, hey, you know, the stakes are higher, right? You expect more money, and it works out like that. You literally have a back and forth. This is a case-by-case -case situation. It could have just been some serious differences coming up, whether it be, uh, you know, cast rotations or just a gender or, like, where the game's going. Like, anything can happen, and, and for those reasons, nothing is, you know, guaranteed, right? Even, even my own self, so... Just something to think about, guys. Just I wanted that to kind of marinate on the community. Uh, I know you guys have been asking for my perspectives, my hot takes, and all that kind of good stuff. And and I'll give you a quick summary one more time. I'm so sad that this happened. I don't like that the community is going up in arms without knowing and spinning their own narrative. But I am happy, like I said, for Bala to understand that, hey, it's time to step up, take care of the content, do what it is that he has to do to continue to grow and, you know, uh, you know prosper in this scene, honestly. So with that definitely sucks losing the homie but you know like i said i don't think this is the end um especially if he can continue to just overcome this and, and do great things which i think with the community enthusiasm behind him and how much you know negative light epic got behind us he's gonna do great 
I'm almost anticipating that he's probably going to get higher numbers with his like viewing parties or you know whatever it is that he puts together on his own personal solo shows now moving forward because drama fuels right drama literally fuels brands like it doesn't matter if it's good drama or bad drama it just it doesn't matter the publicity that he's gotten from this has been huge and a sentiment right now from the community it's like in his corner like they are supporting him they're rooting for him to succeed because he has done so much so this is crazy it's gonna it's gonna be interesting but um where that that's kind of where that is but that leads 100%. us to drama and fuel and well, we're on the topic of you know money and stuff let's talk about prize pools because this is another big one in the community and i opened up a huge discussion this weekend <laughs> because i was sick and tired of hearing pros complain about this esport that is fortnite and the prize pool because they are complaining yes that it's going down but they are overlooking the fact that Epic has given the most money and continue to dish out the most money for the Fortnite economy at the most consistent basis possible. And people just forget that and they take it for granted. So I went to Twitter, man. I said it straight up. Uh, you know, like, stop. Stop complaining. Like, stop being upset about these things. I need you guys to, like, stop taking this for granted and work hard for it. And that just led to a whole other discussion. But Life of Panda, I want to take your quick perspective on this what is your thoughts on the prize pool discussion and the console track and we're just going to go we're going to go from there though all right so this is this is coming from a perspective that is completely like i obviously i understand the industry i understand esports but i also have spent a majority of my life in business right i saw a tweet from young calc saying because epic won't work with organizations that he can't make a $20,000 a month salary. Let, let that sink in for a second. $20,000 a month. That is not something that a normal person will get, especially not someone under the age of 18 for any industry. So to come out and, and more or less put like people putting this out as like an expectation as this prize pool should uh, fund their salaries for their entire life. That's not the case. And Epic, like Monster said, has genuinely put out more money than any other esport period. Now, and I'm talking in the time frame that they've been doing this, not in the overall time frame, because obviously Fortnite is newer to the scene than like a League of Legends. Yep. But I mean, if you compare Worlds and League uh, to uh, World Cup, for instance, League of Legends, four million. World Cup, thirty. Like, it's not even a comparison. So, for these pros to come out and consistently be like, "We deserve that console prize pool." No, you don't. At the end of the day, a con they can choose whether or not they want to separate their prize pools, and console fuels a lot of those prize pools in general. Now, the argument comes up of, "Oh, should console prize pools be the same as PC?" Maybe not. And no one, including Monster, ever said, hey, these prize pools need to be the same. Yeah, and, and I want to jump on that. I want to talk about that really quickly because to me, it's not the problem of whether or not console and PC both get 100,000, right? Like, let's say yeah. that was a problem. I think the real problem is the way how top-heavy the, the console prizing breakdown is equivalent to the PC, making it seem like they are seeing eye to eye. So first place on EU gets 100,000 on PC track, the console track gets 100,000 too. I think that's where the problem comes into play because now you're looking at, 
you know, players saying or, you know, trying to weigh their skill level. Like, hey, listen, Mr. Savage trio is way better than, you know, XYZ trio. And yeah, you can't really argue that because you're on two different platforms, different um, limitations on the hardware and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So that's where I think people really took my message and stretched it thin and then put their own narrative into it. Because I never once claimed that the, you know, it was equal pound for pound, nor should both sides get the same amount. I just said that both sides, or I feel that both sides, should definitely make some kind of prizing. It's not a secret that console has like way more players and they are the ones <laughs> buying the skins. They're funding the game, quite literally, the success behind it. So you have to take care of them. You have to keep that player base around. It makes sense from a sustainable business model to lower the prizing. Epic came in swinging so hard while the iron was hot because they had to. They had the attention of yeah. the world. So, of course, they came in with these premium dollars, whether it be rates for casters or, you know, you know, the money that they were dishing out to the community, right? So, I think they did a great job solidifying themselves in the space, making huge waves while they had all the attention, the attention of the world. And now they're beginning to get to a more sustainable model. Yeah, it's not perfect, but we can continue to get there. Now, the talk that you mentioned about orgs paying their players, quote-unquote, $20,000 and all this other kind of stuff, Epic operates way differently than other traditional esports. They do not pay the leagues. They do not pay the orgs to create a league and, you know what I mean, give money at this high salary rate to players the way other titles do. And for that reason, yes, it's hard for orgs to sustain players within this but you know how i see this i see this as epic is not feeding the rich and instead they're giving opportunity fairly to everyone with skill that can step into the game and earn their share of the prizing and i'm all for not feeding the rich not you know top funneling yeah. all that money and giving the opportunity for everyone else to make a name for themselves booger wouldn't have 30 million dollars if the way this whole thing wasn't structured out he wasn't able to just go and win some money yeah, and I think a lot of people don't realize that. They think that this community would be the same size that it is if if Fortnite funded these orgs. And that's not the case. I mean, quite literally, you would see the pro scene dive down from thousands and thousands of players per region to maybe 100. Because it's ultimately, it's not as as crazy as you think, especially in a BR setting to attempt to fund the salaries of like in trios, for instance, 33 teams, yep. like that's 33 teams at a quote unquote expected salary of 20,000 a month. Like, come on guys. I, yeah, it's, yeah. it's no, wild to me that that would be even a conversation. And not only that, right? Like you said, it, it gives away the opportunity for the little guy who is truly skilled to step up and grow his name within a space. Think about how I'm, how much harder it, it is. Remarkably harder if you don't have the connections in the other esports titles to get to those conversations with pro teams, right? Some of some people just don't even have the business skill, the way to the ability to carry a conversation, the know how to, uh, the social media presence. In Fortnite, yeah. you don't need it. You just gotta go in there, play if you're nice, and take first place, right? You're making your money. You don't have to worry about no one else, and it's open and free for all. Yeah, I mean, look at Coop, right? I mean, the the end of last year, he put out a tweet. He's like, hey, listen, this is my year. I'm going to grind. I'm going to do all this, and I'm going to get to this point. Do you think he would have been able to take those first place spots if he wasn't able to do so in such an open format versus being so closed in and only including organizations? No, that would not have happened. You wouldn't see players like Coop 
rising the ranks because it would be so hard for them to get noticed by these major organizations. Where are you going to see this difference? I mean, like it, it is really, and I'll put this to any BR. In, in a battle royale, it is very hard for a, a game to fund an organization because there's just too many players playing in a tournament, period. It'll be difficult. But you also won't see the same caliber of entertainment, um, interest in the game. I mean, Fortnite right now is doing it right. They're not. Are they perfect? No. No one is saying they're perfect. But if, if they funded these organizations, you would not see competitive Fortnite like you do today. I agree. I agree. It's very different. And I mean, there is, I mean, I, I don't fully agree with you in the sense that if you had all 33 teams, like, would it be more interesting? Probably. Probably. I'll be honest, right? It'll probably be a lot more fun to watch the same 33 players or the same teams, right? So you could build that narrative, build the lore. That's one of the things that BR struggle with is really, you know, getting a, a grip on what is the ever-changing teams because it, it's so unorthodox. We've never seen this formula come into play. And I mean, I think Epic's found a lot of success with it. And they definitely have people like myself rooting for them because of the fact that they give opportunity to all. Um, even myself, before I was a caster, right? They helped train me into a caster. I didn't really have these opportunities. But their whole philosophy, their whole motto is they want to take care of the community. They want to upbring people and give them the tools to succeed. So all in all, that was a crazy discussion this weekend. That was a heated debate. Like literally, go to my Twitter. You'll see, I think I had like four or 5,000 hits, over 100,000 views on the video in less than 24 hours. Like it was ridiculous. Um, yeah. I'm still getting people arguing underneath it. You know, there's people that agree with me. There are people that are standing with me for standing up for a console. And there are some that hate me, pros included. <laughs> um, and that's what I meant by, I went against the river current this time, right? But sometimes, hey man, you got to swim up the river to get to your destination. That's how I went this time around. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay to, you know, go, you know, fight the trolls on, on social media and just to speak my, my piece because... You know, I'm not going to be a sheep and follow just because everyone else feels some kind of way. And I think it was something that had to be said. So I'm all for console making that money. Maybe not, you know, the same, like I said, pound for pound scale wise, the way it's all divvied out. It's definitely not perfect. But hey, they deserve money because they're feeding everyone out here. Yeah, Moving on. I agree. Moving on. Talking about feeding and people trying to give money away. Yo, what's up? What's up with your boy Ninja, man? What's going on there? Oh my gosh, this clip came out over the weekend of Ninja saying he is will offer between five and six thousand dollars for Clix's unwashed Clix towel. Now, okay, we, we know that the clip probably comes from a, a place of joking, but you know Ninja too, man. He does some wild stuff. And he's got the money to do so, man. He's got the money to do so. Talk about the wild stuff Ninja does. I casted Ninja Battles not too long ago. Ninja jumped on as the third caster pair. It was me, Bala, and Ninja. And let me tell you, it was one of the most fun casts I've had in quite some time. Having someone who is not a professional caster on there was definitely jokes. But at the same time, it was, uh, it was fun because it was on his channel. This man was dropping curse bombs and... All, just stuff you wouldn't necessarily uh, see from another caster uh, on a high-stakes event. So, yeah, yeah. Ninja's, Ninja's a lot of good fun, man. He's definitely a person that knows how to have fun, and he has been he's been doing so good since his return back to Twitch. Oh, no doubt. I think when you look at Ninja from any uh, aspect, right, he is excelling. He is back in that environment where he will continue to grow and be that top tier brand for esports in general. 
love or hate the guy, man, he is he's something special. And do you, I mean, when you look at it, right? Who else, as a single proponent, is putting on tournaments like Ninja Battles? I mean, I, I don't even know what it takes to do that, right? I, I had to guess it's definitely some kind of deal with Epic where, you know, they they have to be helping with this funding of this prize pool, right? Because otherwise, I feel like he would have stepped away before when he was super invested in other titles. He wasn't playing. He didn't have presence. But all of a sudden, the new pump is back. The, the season changes, and he's back into Fortnite. He even went as far as getting Myth to come back onto Fortnite, TSM's yeah. Myth. So, like... Ninja is a huge influence for the community, and seeing him back on Fortnite is a cool sign, guys. And that's why we wanted to talk about Ninja and him offering clicks and money for the dirty towel. It was just funny. <laughs> it, it was good to mention, but also a great opportunity to shout out Ninja and his return to Fortnite because he's been putting out some great content and bringing along some nostalgic faces with him. Speaking about nostalgia, this is going to be the lead-in to our intro. So I'm going to cue that Battle Bus music right here. Panda, let everyone know where they can find you throughout the week and all that kind of good stuff. Hey, man, you can find me throughout the week on twitch.tv forward slash life with Panda. Uh, hanging out, having some fun, actually doing a Pokemon card unpackaging on stream on Friday. Uh, what is it? Sep- oh, it's October 2nd, I believe. Uh, yep. Having a lot of fun. It's going to be really cool. I got... I got about three or four boxes of these Champion Path new Pokemon cards. So we're gonna go after that Charizard because uh, I am I am fully back committed to the Pokemon game from from Pokemon Go and grinding Pokemon Go all the way to now investing in Pokemon cards. Because I gotta say, you know what? This is uh this is the time to start investing in something like that. Hey man, sounds like a lot of fun. Talk about Pokemon Go. Hit me up on Twitter at Monster Deface. I've been going hard in that game, but. As always, guys, (laughs) at Monster Deface on social media across all platforms, man. I'll see you guys. We're pumping content out this week. We just launched our console VOD review series. Did one of our first ones ever. It was great. The console community has been supporting so hard. And you guys at the Fortnite podcast community, y'all have been showing a lot of love as well. We appreciate it, guys. So as always, dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales.